Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. I think a lot of people are excited with this one. Miami in Texas, A&M, um, Miami on the road. This one's got a lot of... Oh, I'm looking at my notes. It's, it's, this one's loaded, right? You look at Texas A&M, who's hurting as a program right now. Awful start. Miami, who's trying to make a com- comeback. Crystal Ball in his first year. Um, <sighs> we don't even know who's starting at quarterback. I mean, for Texas A&M, I mean, they've they've been running a couple different people at the ones in that, in that case. So not sure who we'll even see out there. We know Van Dyke is leading Miami right now, but – can they get in a rhythm? I mean, I'm not even sure where to start, but I feel like maybe we should start at like, where does Texas A&M need to start at first just to have an opportunity to win this game? This is a huge game. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch, too much of an overstatement to say, even though this is week three, their season is kind of hanging in the balance here. I realize they were not favored to reach the playoff. There were, a few people who who picked them to reach the playoff, and and I'm not sure how they figured that, but some people were. They're preseason number six, so I mean to, to go from preseason six to the top four at the end, it's it's not a huge leap. So that's kind of the range the expectations were in. Certainly, you know, you were you're thinking this is a team that's capable of going ten and two, and and now that they're sitting there at one and one uh, with a a ranked non-conference opponent coming in, you know, fresh off the the home loss to Appalachian State. This this is where you see what Texas A&M is. This is where you see what they what they have because there is absolutely no reason for them not to bring their A effort. And I'll say A effort instead of A game because if if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Uh, but at the very least, I, I think they're going to be focused and they're going to come out uh, and they're they're going to you know, play with intensity, probably more intensity than we've seen in either of their first two games because they know what's on the line here. You know, you lose a second time, playoff hopes are gone. And even though you wouldn't have lost a conference game yet, and sure, all that stuff is still, you know, mathematically in front of you. I mean, you, we talked on Tuesday about their upcoming schedule and how brutal it is to start conference play. I mean, if, if you don't win this game, then that that's when you're going to start to have a lot of doubt set in. Um, there's going to be a lot of grumbling probably, which, which just almost always happens whenever a team is, is, is in early in the season, clearly not going to, to reach their expectations. So I, I think it's a big game for A&M uh, for that reason alone. 
uh, is, is just that they, they need to get a win and gain some sort of confidence before they go into league play. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at, at both of them in its own right. It can be a tough game and a big game for both of them. Obviously, yes, more on the line for Texas A&M. You look at Miami, who's going on the road for the very first time. You want to make sure Van Dyke and his offense gets in that rhythm quick, right? Like the receivers are making sure they're catching those balls. They're not having any 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 drop ones there. But the biggest part on you look at A&M, their defense is like you got to disrupt the quarterback, like I was saying, in the for the prior game with Mississippi State and LSU. Um against app state they just left them on the field they were on the field the entire yeah. time that's that's the issue you can't do that with miami no you you can't and i, I think that would be your complaint with the AM defense last week it's not that they allowed a ton of yardage it's that they had plenty of opportunities third and fourth downs to get off the field and they didn't do it and some of those were longer yardage situations that they gave up and they you you, you can't do that against miami now one thing that helps him a little bit is that, you know, we just found out today that Miami's leading receiver is going to be out for this game. He's probably going to miss a couple of weeks. And so, uh, you know, that that's going to affect a young quarterback, not having the guy who'd been his primary target uh, for the first couple of games. And, you know, I, I think this is another one of those we mentioned with South Carolina, like the, the crowd getting behind them. I can promise you A&M's fans have not given up on this team. And they're also going to bring their A game as far as the intensity. And so they're going to be behind this team. And like I said, it's really just a question of are they good enough? Uh, is is your best effort good enough to win at this level? Because the, the level that Miami is, is the same level that most of the teams on the conference schedule are. And, and you know, Alabama is probably, despite what we saw at Texas last weekend, I think Alabama is at a higher level than, than the rest of them. But but what you're going to see talent-wise from Miami is pretty much what you're going to see for the majority of the next two months. So if you can't handle this team and you can't handle them on your home field, it's going to be a long season. But I do think A&M's defense is good. I think we'll see a better effort out of them, but that's going to be the key is when, when that down marker says three or four, they've got to get stops and, and get their offense back on the field because the offense needs all the opportunities it can get. It's, it's not the most efficient group in the country. Yeah. So with their backs on the line, and as you said, Miami missing their lead receiver, can Texas A&M get this done at home, which is the best place they can be with their backs on the line? Yeah, and, and I look, I, I don't know who the starting quarterback the I don't know where I'm saying backs against the line. <laughs> Maybe I make my own stuff up. It's a vertical line. That's what a wall is. <laughs> yeah, it's a vertical line. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned the quarterback situation, and um, I, I still would be surprised if Haynes King isn't the guy. Um, but he might have a short leash at this point because when you look at, at some of the, the metrics out there, and, and uh, I, I like to look at a lot of – advanced stats and, and analytics. And, and one of the things I was looking at was total QBR, which is an ESPN metric that it measures everything that a quarterback does. It, it's not just the passing, but also uh, the rushing, the impact of the negative plays like sacks and turnovers and, and things of that nature. Haynes King has the lowest total QBR in the SEC through two weeks, which, which you know, to some people might not be all that surprising. But there's, there's another stat out there that's called expected points added, and I'm not going to get into exactly what it's doing. Um, but just generally speaking, what it's doing is, is measuring the impact that the quarterback is having on the scoreboard, the net result of all the, the quarterback's plays, the good ones, the bad ones, and, and, and how that impacts the team's overall scoring margin. And 
Haynes King is pretty close to zero. Okay, it's not a negative, but it's not much of a positive, which basically means your quarterback isn't really doing anything, um, the net result of all of his performance to help right. you win the game. And so basically he's he's neutral, which means you need the defense in the running game to be winning for you if the quarterback's not doing anything to help you win. And, and right now the AM running game is dreadful. Um, Devon A-Chain, who, who's, who, was, who is an explosive back and, and was really good in yards per rush last year, this year is under four yards per carry. And, and really their whole team um, is, is under four yards per carry. And so you got to help the quarterback out. The offensive line's got to open up some holes. You, you know the running back is good enough, but, but you got to give him room to run. And so far, through two games, they haven't been able to do that. And so I think that's another key here is that is that you've got to be able to establish the run. And if you can't, I, I don't think AM has a quarterback who's going to be able to overcome that. Yeah, I think for them, they they definitely have the biggest uh task ahead of them, that's for sure. I don't know. I think I'm I'm feeling a little bit, you know, the you on this one. Uh I like them on the road for for this game. This is a nine o'clock. <laughs> kick that's yeah, that's a, a little bit one. of a late game yeah that's that's pretty late I don't know that's past my bedtime I may not make that one but uh <laughs> another non-conference game that we've got on the schedule is uh Penn State at Auburn now this is gonna be the first time that a big 10 team has ever played at Jordan Hare hard to believe isn't that know. crazy yeah you yeah. would think that would have happened already right we're in yeah, I mean we know they you know we know the SEC and the big 10 don't play a lot of non-conference yeah. games at least it, in, in in September and the early part of the season, they play in the bowls a lot, but mm -hmm. still to have never had a team from the big 10 go into that stadium. That that's crazy. Well, you know, the SEC and big 10, they're like what big brother, little brother, they just don't like each other. You know, maybe that, maybe that's what the issue is, but we're about to see whether Auburn is pretty good at this point, you know, same with their quarterback, TJ Finley. He's been pretty average so far, Brad. Yeah, that, that's the way I see it. Um, is that he hasn't done anything special. Um, he hasn't been awful, but you know, look at who they've played. I think mean, Mercer and San Jose State. So, I mean, you would expect him to have, have been a little bit better than he has been. And I, I think you know one of the questions in this game, um, because look, anybody who who follows the SEC and knows what happened at the end of last year is is very well aware that. Brian Harson, the Auburn head coach, is coaching for his job this year. I mean, he he was almost ousted at the end of last season, and there are a whole lot of people in power there who don't want him there. The athletic director has resigned, uh, the guy who hired him. So, I mean, he's going to have to have a really good season in order to still be the head coach there next year. And knowing that, you would think – that it's not going to take much if, if you're not seeing uh, a lot of progress out of the quarterback. It's not going to take much for you to, you know, to to make a change. You know, you're you're not necessarily thinking about building for later in the season or building for the future, if you know if your job is on the line. And 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 I think that's the reality right now for Harson. And so I, I don't know what we'll get out of T.J. Finley, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has yeah. a short leash in this one because uh, Auburn, you know, cannot afford to have things turn the wrong way because there's going to be so much negativity around that program the first time they go out there and don't look good. I feel like if your AD resigns and you got a lot of people that don't want you there, I think regardless whether a good season or not, you'd pretty much have to go to the playoffs, go to the national championship and probably win 
Just he probably got. To, I mean, honestly, you're right. You're, I mean, when there's that much going against you, it, it's not eight and four is probably not going to save yeah. his job. And, and and you know, I think I think that's why this game is so big is because you don't want to take a loss at home before conference play has even begun, um, because you know right. there are people out there just looking for any excuse to get rid of you. Right. We've also got Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Um, man, I haven't heard about Georgia Tech good at anything in quite some time. I mean, they're not <laughs> awful, but I mean, they just, they're not a household name at all. Um, this is going to be a road game against an ACC team, but you know, this is not going to be a good look if Ole Miss doesn't come out of there and get, get the W. Yeah. Georgia tech, like you said, has been down in recent years. Um, they didn't look very good in the opener against Clemson, uh, got run out of that one. And, and so even though it is, a road game against a power five team, as you mentioned, it's, it's just, it's not going to be a good look for Ole Miss if they lose this one. And, you know, with Tulsa coming up next week, Ole Miss should be undefeated going into an October 1st game at home against Kentucky. That's the way it should be. And and I think for Ole Miss, it really doesn't matter if this is ugly, you just got to win it. But I also think that there's some things that they need to accomplish in this game. In addition to winning it. And one of them is to figure out who their quarterback is. You know, they've played two guys uh, for the first two weeks. And, you know, to me, Jackson Dart just looks like the guy who's who's going to be more capable for Ole Miss as the season goes on. You know, we, we've seen what Lane Kiffin likes to do with that offense. And, you know, we saw um, last year what Matt Corral uh, was able to bring to it. And, and a lot of it was was his ability to run, not not a primary runner, but his ability to make things happen when they needed him to as a runner. And I think Dart has more of that in him. And that's why I think he's going to be the guy. And so I'm kind of looking for Kiffin here to just start him and then stay with him. If he doesn't, I'm going to be a little surprised and, and a little uncertain about exactly where this whole quarterback thing is going for Ole Miss. Yeah, and with that, I mean, you talk about them trying to figure out their quarterback. Well, that also accentuates with the running game, right? You see that they're doing pretty well uh, right now with Quashawn Judkins. I don't know if I said that name exactly Quinshawn, right. Quashawn, yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm right on that, Quashawn, um, <laughs> that makes a strong tandem with Zach Evans. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, Evans was a guy that everybody knew was going to be good. He transferred in from TCU, was a very touted recruit coming out of high school, and and he was the one the Ole Miss fans were excited about. Judkins was like a three-star recruit uh, out of the state of Alabama, and you figure, okay, if, if he ends up at Ole Miss, it's because Alabama didn't want him, and if Alabama didn't want him, then, you know, he he could be good. I mean, obviously, you got to be really good to, to – for Alabama to want you, but man, I mean, through, through two games, this kid looks like the real deal. So I think they've got a legit, you know, one, two punch there at running back. They have run it extremely well. I think it's about 250 yards per game through the first two, but 
look at the level of competition. Even Georgia Tech should be a step up from what Ole Miss has faced to this point. And so uh, let's let's see if they can continue to run the ball, because um, if they can, I think that bodes well uh, for this offense. Lane Kiffin is just so good with matchups and keeping you off balance. And when he's able to run the ball, it just opens up so much else in his playbook. And, and so I think it really is a key uh, for Ole Miss's success this year to be able to, to run the ball effectively. And, and they've been able to do that through the first two games. Yeah, well, one thing about Lane is he is a crazy guy, but he makes some things happen, right? We've we've learned that as Tennessee fans. Just just let the man do what he wants to do. He the knows mad scientist. Knows talent. Yeah, he's- he just didn't maybe do it as well for Tennessee, but I mean, there at least he's found success some other places. I might um, be the first person who ever referred to him as a scientist. By the way, I you know it was it's kind of a I get, mad scientist. Really, more of Mike Leach, but but Kiffin is yeah. Kiffin you- Kiffin. He, Kiffin's different in a different sort of way than Leach is different. Um, but, yeah. but no, Kiffin is, um, he is, he's about as good of a play caller as I've seen in college football in the last, you know, 10 years. He's just, just so good at setting up things um, and, and creating mismatches. And um, I, I I'll, I'll be really interested to see how good this offense is because uh, with, with what Matt Corral did last year, you would have thought that this was going to be a down year, a step back for the Ole Miss offense. Um, But maybe it doesn't have to be. We'll see. Well, going back again with Tennessee, I'm just wondering, well, where was this mass scientist and the mismatches when he was at Tennessee? I'm just saying, maybe it came after that. You're not bitter, are you? Like, I mean, I'm always going to be bitter, okay? So we'll see how I feel after Akron. Hopefully just Akron goes right uh, for UT this weekend. And if that goes right, then, you know, I'll be happy for one more weekend. Then if Florida goes right, then we can have a whole segment, whole show hey, about Florida. Hey, you know, the Tennessee people, else. yeah, I mean, you, you got enough to worry about now. You got enough to get excited about. Just let the whole Lane Kiffin thing go, folks in Knoxville. It's, it's, know, it's water under the bridge. Don't throw stuff at him, you know. It's just water on the bridge for people that probably weren't like that. We either didn't go to school there or wasn't a fan there. Like, yeah, it's okay for you guys, but for us, it's like, no, we're holding that for the entire rest of the hand. You know, because Ashley, you look at the like the the post Lane Kiffin spiral of the program. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's out of line for a lot of Tennessee fans to think that if he had stayed, if they had had some stability there right after Philip Fulmer, that maybe things wouldn't have gone as off the tracks as they went and they'd be in a better spot right now. I, I don't know it's, if it's necessarily true, um, but it's it's not an unreasonable assumption. So I, I, I get why people don't like him, but at the same time, move Yeah, forward. I don't... Like is a nice word. I really think people hate him. We'll, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. I guess once we play Ole Miss, we'll see how it works if yeah. anything's thrown at him at that game. 